Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. See, fellas, free advice. Get you a woman that can throw you a oop like Aisha Curry. She's one of a kind. They can't. Who else can hoop? Rhyme is a world-class chef, a businesswoman, wife goals. They just perfect. They are. They are so perfect. Hey, toss so up. Much. The curries are the weights. Don't make me choose. Don't make me choose. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. The Steelers' best player calls out the other Steelers' best player for not being in camp. Cam knows what's best for him, thank you very much. And why hardcore pregame music might not be the best thing for Bryce Harper. Whatever you listen to today clearly worked. We'll show you later on. All that in a moment, but we start with maybe the last best fit for Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, with Joe Flacco out for at least a week with an injured back, John Harbaugh said today that the Ravens have Colin Kaepernick on their radar. Kaepernick has only been brought in by one team this offseason, the Seahawks. Here's John Harbaugh explaining how the Ravens will approach a decision on Kaepernick. I mean, he's a really good football player, and I think, you know, I believe he's a really good person. You know, it all depends on a lot of things. It depends on Colin, first of all, what he wants to do. What's his, what's his passion? What's his priority? What's he want to do? And uh, kind of shape he's in, you know, and uh, he's ready to go. And then our needs, you know, so we'll just kind of see where it goes. But I don't think that's different for us than any other team. Uh, we're definitely going to get another arm in here. Um, but I, he's not an arm, obviously. Right. So uh, he's an he's a, he's a accomplished football player. And, and uh, you know, we always like having good football players around. So, Mike, is this an encouraging sign that the Ravens seem to be somewhat interested in Colin Kaepernick? I don't care about signs. I believe it when it happens. A lot of people, including Pete Carroll of the Seahawks, who were the last perfect fit for Colin Kaepernick, a lot of people have said the right things, but nobody's done anything yet. And it's not that he hasn't been signed because an agreement, a contract takes two parties. It's that they're not even working him out. They're not even meeting with him. He's had one meeting so far that I understand. And I don't even think that the Seahawks were an actual workout. That's the more alarming thing, that teams don't seem interested, in, interested enough in a quarterback of his age and his ability. Also, keep in mind, they're looking for an arm while Flacco recovers from this back injury. They're not looking for a viable backup or a competition. They're looking for an arm. That says to me, well, do the Ravens really think bringing in cap is worth it? And I say that even though it's BS, the, that his politics and, and his social stance being held against him. But if it were about football, he'd have been signed a long time ago. That's the thing people got to understand. We're not looking for charity. Nobody's looking for them to do it out of sympathy. Do the right thing and be interested in, in him for football reasons. Yeah, because nobody, I, I think you'd have a hard time saying with a straight face that Austin Davis, who Seattle wound up signing, the fact that RG3 got an actual tryout, uh, this ought to be a huge indication that it isn't indeed about football. This is probably the first situation where his name has been bandied about that I'm cautiously optimistic. And if it, if it doesn't happen here, even though I never thought it would happen at all, we both we said, both said his done. NFL career was open, uh, was over with. But if it doesn't happen here, then it's a for sure, for sure it's over because what better circumstances? John Harbaugh, 
He knows Colin Kaepernick. His brother coached him. Oh, you can connect the dots all you want. The the fact that he's a Baltimore assistant who was once Colin Kaepernick's offensive coordinator. So this isn't about them not knowing the player. But why does it have to be a perfect fit is the point. You can connect the dots all you want. Again, Seattle was a perfect fit for a lot of reasons. It didn't work out. I heard, when I listened to John Harbaugh, I heard a lot of couching, a lot of hypotheticals, a lot of deflecting. Well, it depends on what Colin wants to do. Is it his priority? The same things we've been hearing. Is he in shape? You know, and then it comes down to money. They're going to always have football reasons to justify why they didn't sign him. Pete Carroll said he's a starter in this league. Somebody's going to sign him. John Harbaugh said he'll get signed. It's not his first time saying it, and yet he's still unsigned. So even Clark Hunt, I would have no objection to it hypothetically, but we're not interested in him right now. Well, it's easy to say in a hypothetical. Exactly. Everybody says the nice things in a hypothetical. But again, that's the difference with this, is that they have a quarterback who's been hurt, and if there was a circumstance or circumstances that were working together that would make it more possible for Colin Kaepernick to be signed, it would be this. But he's not seriously enough hurt, Joe Flacco, is not. To justify, if you're examining this whole thing, you got reservations about signing Colin Kaepernick, is he seriously enough hurt for you to bring him in? It's not the same thing, but so soon, it's still not that far removed from Ray Rice. Mm-hmm. Your PR department has already gone through some stuff. Do you want to bring this in? Because if it were not about PR and not about his social stance, he'd have been signed by now. So clearly, this, that's got something to do with it. Meanwhile, at State Vincent College, Steelers left tackle Alejandro Villanueva has been signed. Martavis Bryant isn't yet fully reinstated. And James Harrison at camp like he's riding to the rescue, riding in the fire truck. Surprised he didn't push a ton of weight down the road. No surprise Antonio Brown arrived to Latrobe, PA in style. Also, as expected, franchise running back Le'Veon Bell did not report. He's yet to sign his $12.12 million tender and thus is not subject to fines. But apparently, he is subject to criticism from, surprisingly, Brown, who on Instagram said, so you're not trying to play with us, bro? First rule to getting better is showing up. And he also went on to say today, when trying to do something special, we would like all our guys here. That's foul. Super foul. I'm, and I'm stunned because typically or normally in, in the NFL, players do not discuss other players' money Get your and hand out of my contract pocket. situations. It makes even less sense. Not that it, it, if this were a, a different sport uh, that it would be more acceptable, but the fact that it's the NFL, the fact that he's a running back, and if anybody has to look out for themselves and their financial situation, it's somebody like Le'Veon, or Le'Veon Bell. Okay, so... I'm just really surprised that he would sort of break what is a, a the code, a, the code in, in the NFL I'm surprised, to come after a teammate. I'm surprised a teammate has pulled him aside and said, hey, man, not watch cool. What, watch what not you're cool. doing. Because it wasn't that long ago when he was unhappy about him being underpaid and there were rumors about him being selfish and wanting more targets and pouting because he wasn't getting it. Now that you got $19 million guaranteed and $68 million extension, you management now? Like, Le'Veon Bell does not need to be at camp. He's not breaking any rules. He's not subject to fines. I get tired of people saying somebody's a holdout when they're a rookie or a franchise player and haven't signed their tender, they're not under contract, so therefore you're not holding out. And if, and if Antonio Brown really wanted to stick his nose in the situation, what he should say is, hey, take care of my guy. Right. Management, break him off. Pay him like he wants to be paid, but get him in here. It takes two to come to an agreement, and the Steelers are just as complicit in Le'Veon Bell as to why they haven't signed a contract well, it's, yet. it's interesting to me because uh, Antonio Brown, why is he always the dude, or seemingly he has a pattern of doing things without thinking? Going back to the issue in the locker room where he decided to, that was a perfect time for him to be on social media and wind up... Uh, causing his head coach, Mike Tomlin, to have to answer some questions that he Even didn't want Even if you to. want to pressure him privately, why publicly? 
Yeah. That's the thing. Why well, post it on Instagram? You know, you privately, know, fans publicly it's still not his place. Fans are going to already be against play. They always, they, not always. They're mostly pro management anyway. They're already going to think he's being greedy, wanting to be the number one running back and number two receiver type contract. Not cool. Still two years from free agency. Odell Beckham isn't shying away from putting it out there. Beckham will arrive with the rest of the Giants to camp today, said in an uninterrupted video posted today that he doesn't want to just be the NFL's highest paid receiver, but its highest paid player, period. Quote, it's like the elephant in the room, and you don't want to talk about it. But I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm like, no, I'm going to. There's no need to not talk about it. I believe that I will be hopefully not just the highest paid receiver in the league, but the highest paid, period. Close quote. Good luck with that. But I'm not mad at him for putting it out there. Because I'm not mad. I have to dream big, but reality is you will never see highest paid player money but in it, the NFL. But it's, it's kind of a shrewd negotiation tactic. Is that you Two years away from free agency? It is. It's shrewd. Here's why. Because he's throwing this out there that he wants to be the highest paid player. Now, we know the Giants aren't going to do that. However, maybe, you know, you start high and you get him to come a little higher than what you would normally get just because you've already thrown this term out there, right? So, first of all, negotiating the public doesn't matter. Secondly, that's what you do when you're a free agent, and, and you can walk. <laughs> Again, two years left. Scheduled to make, now I'm putting my management hat on. Scheduled to make 1.8 mil this year, fourth year of a rookie deal, 8.5 million next year under the fifth year option. Now, John Mayer has said he wants to make him a giant for life. Jerry Reese says that they haven't talked, by the way, this offseason because he said they've both been on vacation. But when you're sitting down and you're talking to Odell Beckham about this contract, you say, hey, man, look, we love you. You are arguably the best receiver in the league with apologies to Julio Jones and the aforementioned Antonio Brown. But what makes you think you're getting quarterback money or pass rusher money for that matter? That's what I'm saying. You're not getting but $25 he, million a year or $30 million if your man Matthew he's Stafford certainly not, his contract. He's certainly not going to get quarterback exactly. money, but he so might get his, more than what is considered high you said it? He might. Oh, God, no. It's you know what you, got, you, got no, he, you can only get what you got the strength to life. negotiate. You, got, you only can get what you have the leverage to negotiate. And he is not the best player in the NFL, so he's not getting paid like it. Like, I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Quarterbacks and pass rushers get paid more. And he has two years left. And the franchise tag. I get this, though, Mike. Okay? But this is when you start kind of greasing the wheels right now. I know he has- This car ain't going nowhere. Again, he's never going to wind up with quarterback money, all right? But it, just in case... They might do it. You never know. Odell's. A, I, know, I know. No, I know. No, no, no. no not, I know. not quarterback money. Oh, no, 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 no. Making I'm the highest paid player? No, 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 oh. no, no, no. That's what I'm. That's a, there's, there's room in, in between. That's what I'm <laughs> a saying. A lot of it. Between quarterback money and more than highest paid wide receiver money. Like, there's some room there I in between. I appreciate his ambition. And he might be able to get that. I appreciate his ambition, okay? I appreciate if he views himself as the best player. I'm all for that. He's one of the most dynamic players. I, I love that he's got all the Nike sneaker money coming in. That's great. But just because he put it on uninterrupted, Excuse me, <laughs> does not mean that the Giants are going to say, well, you know what? Since you put it out there, no, now no, that no. you mentioned it, that. let's go ahead but and reset the salary structure. And give him a little bit more than what he would have otherwise gotten. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's just a campaign. Hey, Skipper, I want to double my salary. <laughs> I want to be the highest paid but person. But he might give you an extra quarter. You might get a better parking space. You I'm trying know? to hold on to what Always I got right be now. closing. All right, football is back, baby, because Cam is coming to his press conference wearing Daisy Dukes. Get your mans. Um, hey, man, <laughs> Ben Vereen can flow in that. <laughs> but Cam not only made a statement with his outfit, the Panthers are trying to change Cam and change how they use Cam, which includes making him less vulnerable to big hits by having him running into defenders like he's a battering ram. So, Cam, you ready to change? I don't, I don't understand certain things. Like, that's my edge, you know. You're going to expect the lion not to roar? Like, you got to really ask yourself that. Like, I, 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 
You know, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, talking to Brady or talking to Aaron or talking to even Matt Ryan or Breeze and say, hey, you, you going to stay in the pocket all day like that? Like, that's where you feel comfortable at. I think I've, in my career over the whole body of work, the things that is, that that is put me at an advantage most times is having that ability to run. Cam but is, did you like it though? Cam is the most fake dude. <laughs> like, you gonna ask a lion not to roar? Like, what is he talking about? Well, here's what you gotta understand. He may have a lion's mentality, but on the field, he's the prey. He is the hunted. And he should have learned that in the Super Bowl against Von Miller and the Broncos. And he for sure should have learned that last year. According to ESPN stats and information, he has been hit or sacked 922 times, Nine times. since he came into the league. <laughs> Second, Russell Wilson at 615. So he's got to be smarter than this. And I'm wondering if that's just his pride talking. See, pride line. See what I did there? there. Or it's just gamesmanship. Is he saying, look, I want people to understand that I'm always a threat to run. I'm not going to negate my ability to extend plays or pick up first downs. So I don't want to say, hey, you know what? I'm just a pocket guy now. I got nothing to prove. It's a strength. And he's right. Dual threat. Emphasis on threat. You don't have to carry out every threat. And you certainly don't have to take a design run up the middle into the teeth of the defense so somebody can take your head off. Or you don't have to showboat to the point where they want to really knock your block off, um, even though he should get more calls than, than he does, which was kind of established last year. And, I, I'm sorry, mm, a lot of guys get hurt more in the pocket than running, in fairness. They do. Um, and it was interesting that he would compare himself to pocket passers, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, okay, man, they do have to pass the ball. I've wondered this as they have tried to, to basically change him. I know that's been a theme of their offseason. I think it's hard at first for somebody who's so used to throughout his entire career using his body literally as a weapon. And as I said to you uh, when we've had discussions about Cam in the past, he really takes the Superman stuff mm-hmm. to heart. Yeah. Like That's really a part of how he views the game. Y'all fool he around th- and see Doomsday. See what I'm saying? It's like he thinks that he is, that he is somehow – that he can play through virtually anything. But they're trying to unite the league, see? <laughs> they went and got him the Flash and, and, and Christian McCaffrey. It's they went and got him a little Green Lantern and Curtis Samuel. And I hope he you know, he got his little Batman and Greg Olsen. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I hope that he thinks that by being more strategic about it, that that, that doesn't somehow make him less effective. It doesn't. Right. It just makes him wiser and you can live to fight for another they down and play a evolve. longer time. All the runners have had to evolve and learn either the easy way or the hard way that you got to play from the pocket. Ultimately, he's not calling his own plays. So I think the Panthers will have more to say about that than him. Whole lot of dingers in D.C. today. Nationals tied a major league record with five homers in an inning. Bottom third when Brian Goodwin, Wilmer Defoe, Bryce Harper, first of two today, and Ryan Zimmerman went back to back to back to back. Yeah! That's a lot yes. And out later, Anthony <laughs> Rendon took one out. Eight homers all together in Washington's 15-2 win. Nationals, eighth team in MLB history to hit four consecutive home runs in a game. First since the 2010 Diamondbacks. Washington, the sixth team with five home runs in an inning. The last to do that, the 06 Brew Crew. And their eight home runs tied for third most in MLB history and tied a franchise record Set in 78. Again, Bryce Harper went deep twice today. His hit safely in a career-high 19 straight games. So hopefully his mood has improved a bit from last night. Ejected in the eighth by home plate umpire Chris Siegel. After the game, blamed his walk-up music or his warm-up music or his pregame music or something, saying, I think I need to change my playlist because I get a little fired up for my playlist. 5 a.m. really got me fired up by Logic. Good choice. I'm a big Logic guy. I guess it got me a little too fired up. I guess I need to mix in some Temptations. All right. And some of those jazz bands to calm me down a bit. 
Every time I drive into work, I'm listening to Standing on Shaky Ground. Okay. Uh, you always up on the latest music. What would you recommend for young Bryce Harper? Well, mm, I listen to Jill Scott a lot coming to work. See, I had to learn like he did because I used to come into work, not on this show. Um, I used to come to work listening to, to DMX. That See, you look, you know, y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here? And it, just, it, it, it got me a little too edgy. Mm -hmm. But when this show first started, I would listen to NWA. A little too edgy, right? See, I was coming here really? just to try to battle the man in my mind, and it was Wait, just like too much. So, so much. It, so Bryce Harper, he wasn't just using an excuse, you know, uh, music can, can set your emotional Love mood. logic. I've been listening to a lot of 2 Chains, a lot of pretty girls, love trap music. Okay. Isley Brothers, if you want mellow. John Coltrane, if you want jazz. I come in listening to Thinking of a Master Plan, and I ain't no joke. Little Eric B. and Rakim. Yesterday, new Cavs GM Kobe Altman and owner Dan Gilbert tried to paint a picture of solidarity in their press conference. Nothing is broken, they said. It's all good, they said. And then today, there's a report from Jason Lloyd of The Athletic that Kyrie Irving hasn't spoken with the Cavs at all. He's been completely unreachable. Big deal? No. No? No. Why not? Why is not a big deal? It seems to be a theme. He's not a free agent. He can't walk. This isn't going radio silent during negotiations and while some other team is pursuing you. When it's time to show up, if he's under contract, they expect him to show up, I expect him to show up. Is Kyrie Irving built or ready or prepared to be the bad guy? Like in Untouchables. I, and, and Cleveland, what are you prepared to do? <laughs> is he prepared to be the bad guy? And up, because if they don't I think Cleveland, him, he probably already is at this point. I don't know because he hasn't said anything. And maybe, look, he was in Asia. Maybe it's just hard to get a hold of him. Who knows? But, like, what's there really to say? If he's, in fact, expressed a desire to be traded, there's no conversation to be had. You know, there's no convincing either way. Either he will be traded or he won't. And if he's not, he has a contract that he's going to have to honor. Okay. Well, you're talking about the results. Is it, is it a big deal because it's not like he's going to be out of Cleveland tomorrow? And they're not playing a game That part I, I, I do understand. Mike, you ever been with an unhappy woman? Mm -mm. What kind of question is that? It's a trick question. Just what woman would be unhappy being with me? Like, I'm, not gonna, like, I'm not going to embarrass you for all I mean, these people I've that's watching. I mean, I've heard of people being in unhappy relationships, but continue. Okay. So it's all, um, hey baby. <laughs> I don't mean unhappy with the the, the woman who's currently with. She wasn't the first one I was ever with. <laughs> well, I get to your point. Okay, here's my point: is this, is that on sometimes on the path to the breakup, there can be months of miserable little things that happen along the way that, while cumulatively they may not lead to the end result, the point is parties are miserable. But what and if it's cheaper to keep her? Look, it may be on their end, they're trying to get everything they possibly can for Kyrie Irving, but him not being happy is a bad sign because we've spent a lot of time talking about whether or not him and LeBron mm -hmm. can repair their relationship or him and the Cavs. And when you have a player, no matter how professional they may try to be, mm -hmm. but they're at their most unhappiest moments, at some point that's going to show you up. You asked how big of a deal it was that they couldn't get a hold of him. They don't have to suit up tomorrow. Okay. So when it's time for them to suit up, if mm -hmm. they can't get a hold of him, okay, now we're talking. Oh, he could be showing up, but he could just be showing up and uh, just uh, doing just that, just showing up, all right? And not really, not anything behind it. Again, I think we all need to get comfortable with the idea of Kyrie coming back to Cleveland. Kyrie, watch. The mood is tense. I've been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. Wendy tweets, 11.41 a.m. Eastern, LeBron James has been communicative with the Cavs but is not inquiring about any players in possible Kyrie Irving trades, sources say. You buying it? No. And I, that's no shot at Brian Windhorst reporting. Because gotcha. uh, he's reporting probably what he's been told from very good sources. Do I believe it? No. Because LeBron James, one thing that we've seen throughout his career, and especially uh, after he won in Miami, is 
he he likes his hands and everything. He micromanages, and I don't mean that in a negative way, all right? This is somebody who has great memory recall, who we see how he can be in the huddle, even with Ty Lue, and you're going to tell me that kind of guy can just all of a sudden be completely distanced from this situation? Why is it so hard to believe? It's, it's super it's, hard to it's believe. It's one thing to, to call plays in the huddle or direct traffic on the court or try to or police recruit, the locker room. Or recruit players that you want to come there, which he's done before. I feel like a broken record. Free agents. Okay, so now you're talking about bringing in Jeff Green for the minimum. That's one thing. Bringing in Derrick Rose and working him out for the minimum, uh, working out with him after he signed for the minimum. That's one thing. You can recruit those guys, those, you know, uh, edge type guys. So he's had all these conversations with the Cavs and not one time is he bringing up Kyrie Irving? Maybe the Cavs haven't decided whether or not to trade him. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Maybe they haven't gotten the right offer. Like, okay, you they probably have it. Okay, so a lesson until it becomes, hey, we we're about to take this trade. You might want to incorporate LeBron and say, hey, LeBron, we got X, Y, and Z on the table from Team A. Okay, how does this person fit with what we're doing, or, or is this somebody you can see yourself playing with? Then that's a conversation. But I don't find it a stretch, even though I know I know what you're saying about LeBron's track record of being involved and in being the de facto GM. But this is so complicated, and he's got his own stuff to worry about until him getting involved at this juncture and who may be coming back in the Kyrie trade, I just think it's premature. Well, look, and this is not to suggest that, let's say, that if he were being involved, let's say we knew that for sure, that that's somehow a bad reflection of him. I don't think it is because he's got to be there in the Cleveland uniform too, and he's interested in what moves his team has to make as well. But I think that's part of the reason why this information is being put out there because he doesn't want to look like he's the well, one. But you got people like you trying to make it seem something engineering anything that, that, being manipulative, th- and I don't think he is. I just think that he's a tinkerer just, and he's a thinker, and I just don't believe just so that much, he's just not having any just conversations so much that doesn't align this. properly. You got Kyrie was upset because he was in trade talks but the Cavs didn't trade him for Paul George when he would offer Paul George and now he was so attached to the general manager and David Griffin was gone that was going to offer him up in trade talks but now he wants to be traded I mean look ultimately what the Cavs have to do independent of LeBron he has another reason why they shouldn't be talking to him because he's got one year left so considering LeBron's feelings when he has one year left on a blockbuster trade might not be their best business decision maybe it's best that they do handle it by themselves Yesterday, Sports Illustrated published a piece about the Panthers seemingly trying to transition from relying on Cam's running and getting the ball out of his hand quicker, hence the selection of Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. Well, today, Cam bristled at the notion of running less, saying it would be akin to asking a lion not to roar. <laughs> got a couple of beasts in this analyst game. Uh-oh. Tim and Matthew Hasselbeck uh, joining us now. Well, Cam, is he got to learn the hard way? I think he kind of already has learned the hard way, hasn't he? I mean, he's taken a pounding. Last year was ridiculously disappointing for him. I mean, you go back to 2015, he dominated the National Football League. Dominated. I mean, it, he was far and away the best player on the field nearly each and every week. Here's what I think this is. I think it's the Carolina Panthers realizing how good Cam is, how valuable he is, and treating him a little bit like Ben Roethlisberger got treated in Pittsburgh. where They said, look, we're going to change play callers. We're going to change our identity because it's going to be better for you in the long run. And that doesn't mean Ben stopped scrambling mm-hmm. and creating. Right. It just meant they tried to make it happen less. Right. And I think that's what they're trying to do in Carolina. Yeah, yeah. and the coaching staff, I mean, I think Cam knows this. Sometimes your, your own arrogance or how good you are can get in the way. The coaching staff, they're trying to help you be the best player that you can be. They don't care how they score touchdowns or how they win games. Like, they want him healthy. They want him for the long haul. He is their primary investment. And, like, when I hear him talk about, you know, 
you know, a, a lion needs to roar. <laughs> a lion roars rarely. Like, the lion doesn't run around all just right, roaring Geographic. All the time. Right. They want him to run. He right. is a weapon. Right. He, sometimes in these collisions, right. he's the one delivering yeah. the blow right. on the defender. So, so listen, so to that you, point, though, yeah. to that point, you know when you roar? Yeah. When it's, when it's you know, time 30 goals. <laughs> right. You know, it's 30 goals. On 30 and 60, you get to right. the sideline. And, and, and it drop. needs to happen right. then. It does, it's not first and 10 on your own 20 so in the fourth. So, throw so, so Hasselbeck, let me ask you all something. When you guys were these dual threat dynamic players coming out of BC, <laughs> when you were coming out of BC, like, you know what I mean? Like, what, how long did it take you to evolve? No, I'm kidding. Let me but say like, this. <laughs> let me say this. Like, Andrew Luck plays the game a little bit this way, mm-hmm. okay, where he takes hits that are unnecessary. He doesn't need to take these hits all the time, okay? The, the thing that we wrote on our board in the entire offseason, like, I think it sunk in a little bit. Let's have less adventure on your throwaways. If Cam Newton just threw the ball away a second earlier, when the play's over, nothing's going to happen with that play, throw it, over and then, throw it away and then protect yourself, he could eliminate a huge percentage of hits. Right. Just that right there, I think, would make and, the coach and guys get hurt sleep the, better. Guys get hurt in the pocket almost as frequently, if not oh, more, than sure. when they get outside and the so, pocket. And so eliminate the hits yeah. that you can yourself help eliminate. I like right. that. Less adventure on your throwaways. And also mm-hmm. be help, it'll be helpful if the officials would actually, you know, Is that call less some Less adventure on some of your teases as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, less, yeah, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always advice. coaching. Appreciate um, it. Now let's talk about another quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, wouldn't go as far as to say the Packers have, quote, accepted mediocrity, a term President CEO Mark Murphy used earlier this week when describing the frustrations of Packers fans. But Rodgers did tactfully admit that, yes, the Packers have indeed eh, underachieved. Just exactly what you just said. We've been in the playoffs eight straight years, which is an accomplishment. But you want more titles. Um, I don't really agree with the the fans, uh, maybe letters and calls. Um, I think us players got to take ownership of it and play better and finish this thing off. And you know, we have nobody to to uh, to blame but ourselves for some of the uh, postseason losses. Way to say that the fans are somewhat right. So eight straight playoff appearances. They got one Super Bowl. What if Aaron Rodgers finishes his career with one Super Bowl? Is that a disappointment? It's a disappointment to Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, that's title town. I got drafted to the Green Bay Packers. You walk in the building every day. You walk by the Lombardi Trophy. They had three of them at the time. Um, they expect to win championships. The reality is that his career will still be successful whether, whether or not they accomplish any more. But he is a grade-A talent. I mean, he's one of those guys that can put the team on his back. And I think what you're seeing with Aaron Rodgers is that, similar to what's happening with Tom Brady, there used to be a time when, when you know, guys would get older and they're, you know, maybe their play on the field would diminish a little bit. Now the way that guys are taking care of themselves, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still moving great. You talked about falling his, in love with the game all over I again, mean, you process. see it. Yeah. This guy's got five years left easy if he wants it. And so it, it's, it's in striking distance, another Super Bowl for How that team. How many does Favre have again? Remind me. One. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. hard. <laughs> and, and I think that if you were to, you know, poll general managers around the league, I think you would have a lot of people that say, look, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the game. I think there, there listen, I'm not going to say it would be the majority, but I think there would be a lot of people right. that, that have that belief. And so, yeah, if you feel like you're the best quarterback in the game, which I'm sure he does, 
it probably feels a little bit like a disappointment for him when they lose games, whether it's the Seattle playoff game when they're up and they yeah. feel like they let it slip away because maybe they weren't aggressive enough. So He's lost a few where you hit the ball. I get too. that. But when we look back on his career with one Super Bowl and shoot, he's already had four seasons where he's thrown 38 touchdowns yeah. or more. I mean, it's going to be viewed as, well, as a big success. It's going to be – yeah, exactly. And he can go down as the all t- all-time greatest quarterback with one Super Bowl. It's, it depend- no, he, no, he can't. Depending on how – No, he can't. Depending he on cannot how, go down he as can't? all – No, Depend- he can't. Wait, no, wait. Thank we're not you. Don't let him get away with that. Before you before – okay. But all I'm going to say is before you – how you define greatest. If you want to talk about Brady and, and, and the winning and the whole – fine. But in terms of talent and ability, there will be, there are people that already yeah. think he's the best to from do it. From the way he plays the that's position. That's all I mean. I yeah. understand yeah. that, but that's... Because the team look, accomplishment, you know, you know me, how I feel about uh, rings. Allow me to be egg avatar for a second, but <laughs> you have one Super Bowl, and I realize that this is not... Uh, I'm not trying to say that he was the reason and the fault for sure. those losses, but how you get in these special conversations about greatest ever is with Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And so if this guy with this much talent only has one, it's like a great singer that you know, only has one but ask, album. But ask yourself why. What if they don't have a great band? What if they don't have great production? Like, ultimately, <laughs> if he finishes with one Super Bowl, it would be viewed as more of a Ted Thompson and an organizational issue for not surrounding him with the proper supporting cast, and it will because of him. Again, how many playoff games have they lost where he didn't touch the football? Again, Brady's the GOAT. But I'm saying if you can still look at him and appreciate what he did as an individual in a team concept. Listen, I think the sport. point you're trying to make is the point where when people would be critical of Peyton Manning, they said, well, what about Hank Basket recovering the, you know, the surprise onside kick? What Same thing. What about Richard Rodgers, you, know, ma- you know, maintaining possession of the football on the onside kick against Seattle? Those things are happening completely out of the quarterback's control, and that's right. why and I think that's the point. Again. But the quarterback market you right now, when you talk about like, <laughs> no, you, when you talk about the highest paid quarterbacks, right, you're talking about the next big deal is probably Matthew Stafford. And then maybe Matt Ryan, and then maybe Aaron Rodgers. And so when you're talking about the, the free agent market, or maybe not even letting you get to free agency, you're talking about the, the, those type of guys. You know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be in that conversation in the next year or two. Year or two. Guys, I want to get your quick take on this story. Baltimore Ravens offensive lineman John Urschel, a doctoral candidate in applied mathematics, he abruptly announced his retirement from football at the age of 26 on Thursday, just before the first full team practice of training camp. Team sources' decision is linked to a medical study released two days ago indicating that chronic traumatic encephalopathy, CTE, was found in nearly 99% of deceased NFL players' brains that were donated to scientific research. He called John Harbaugh about 90 minutes before practice. Here's what Urschel said. Thank you for everyone for the kind words today. Wasn't an easy decision, but I believe it was the right one for me. There's no big story here, and I'd appreciate the right to privacy. I'm excited to start working on my doctorate in mathematics full-time at MIT. Looking forward to the chance to take courses that are only offered in the fall semester while spending time with my fiance and preparing myself for the new challenges that will come with fatherhood, expecting our first child in December. Uh, Tim, no big story here. You agree with that, or is this... I do, because guys. I think that he's unique. Yep. I think he's unique in that most football players do not have the other opportunities that are in front of this man. And I think that's the difference. Names of Forbes, 30 under 30 in the field of science. I mean, the, the reality is he has really good options in front of him. He's obviously tremendously bright. And so, look, that, most guys don't have the opportunity to say, you know what, this football thing is great, but I have something else that – that honestly may bring me more joy right. and is more competitive and more successful. This guy might change the world. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean? yeah. I mean, it's great that you can block down on a double team, but he's got a chance to go change the world. Uh, I applaud him for having the courage to do it. Yeah, Schefter says he is uh, the 14th player to retire at age 30 or younger this offseason. 20 players retired at 30 or younger last offseason. I, I don't know if we, we can call it a trend necessarily, no. but we, we will see more of this. It's trending. It's, it's trending. All right. Yeah. Way. Thank you, guys. Right, we appreciate it. By. You've been waiting for it. The Applebee's Neighborhood Top Plays of the Month. I've seen the list. Trust me, it won't disappoint. We start with number 10, the Tulane Weight Room. All right. <laughs> Linebacker Ray Marbley. Howard Cleves, 100 pounds. 504 in the building. Uh, check out, as you see, great reaction from his teammates. Number nine on the lake. Check out this trick shot. Oh. Backflips into the lake while making the shot with his feet. People are so creative these days in these videos. Uh, number eight, Danny Ainge. He's got to find a new son. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he does. Son, His son, Yam, sold him. Disowned nice Danny. Too. Cut him off. Can't have your kid doing you like that. Ah, you, you contested the shot. That's what you deserve. Uh, number seven, ultimate frisbee. Eric Lisner makes the diving catch. What? Oh! Man, I wish this game would have been around back in the day. Look out. Not that he I could have done that. Down. Yeah, great concentration for the diving catch. All right, number six, uh, Davin Reed makes the great football catch while doing a backflip. So backflips is a new thing. That's amazing. Awesome catch right there for that young man. All right, number five. See another trick shot here. Ball gets flipped up, thrown from half court, not looking, and it is good. Back up, flip it. Time on their hands. Get it in the net. And the dance move. <laughs> Not sure what dance that is. Right. On the first try, I don't know. Uh, more of Ultimate Frisbee here. Michael Mathis. He runs a really, really, really long way to make a spectacular grab. Can't believe he ran that far for that. This is a game I can automatically look at and say I would be no good at this. You whistle ball, you're in the whistle ball, though? Oh, yeah. Deep to right. The Spencer Bogad. Wow. He got all of that. With the robbery. Over the fence, sacrificing his body. Hopefully, they treated him with some beers after this game. All right, number two we have coming up: Summer League Hockey. Eric Howler has the open goal, but Alex Stalock is there to make the amazing glove save. What a save by Stalock to save a goal! And number one, minor league baseball ball hits the deep center, but Andy Atwood with a leaping catch going to flip over the wall and hang on. Oh, commitment. Go. And concentration. That is your top play among the neighborhood top plays of the month. Giants head coach Ben McAdoo, well, he wanted to stress the importance of diet to his older players. Here's an interesting example he used. Our youth and experience must gel. That's going to be important for us. And to hit, hit home there, we uh, hit a poem, If by Kipling, and Fraser the Line was the story we told uh, for our experienced players, our 26-year-olds and above. Now, Fraser the Lion was the Antonio Cromartie of his time, so to speak. <laughs> he was close to dying in the 1970s from old age, but then placed on a special diet, and he fathered 33 cubs in there 16 go, months. That's your line right there. I love McAdoo's motivational tactics. Last year with Step Brothers, they weren't going to have their belly full of white dog poop. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he showed him that video. He showed him that uh, movie last year. He always comes up with something creative. Yeah, Good job that, with that. that's one way to look at that. So 4,000 spectators packed the Cashman Center in Vegas to watch Zion Williamson and LaMelo Ball. Of course, LeVar 
was there talking about, well, take a listen. Always talk. How do you describe yourself as a coach? The best coach ever. That's how I describe myself. Ever. The best coach ever. Why? Because I said, so big bowler brand, baby, here we come. <laughs> so LeBron had planned on sitting courtside, but he opted to avoid the massive crowd. Unreal scene. Zion Williamson has some unreal dunks. LaMelo's got unreal range. But uh, so LaMelo has unreal, awful shot selection. That's, that's, I was saying it a nice way. Oh, but okay. Lavardo, he's like a real live Gus from Delirious. Like, that's a fire. Like, it's all, he always talks like he's at a barbecue. <laughs> Grilling and slide. He's a master pitch man, though. Just don't take him seriously, and it's fun. Yo, LaMelo, his teammates need to have a talk with him. Uh, Adrian Beltre was ejected in the eighth inning when crew chief Jerry Davis motioned for him to get closer to the on-deck circle. So, Beltre, he dragged it closer to him. So, who's, who was pettier? Obviously, Adrian the Beltre or the on-deck. I'm side with, with Beltre on this. Of course. Yeah, like, like, you can't take a joke. It's just a little lighthearted moment. See, he's trying to not Man, make baseball for his own business. Umpires are the most flashlight cop people. I see you. I see you. <laughs> Outside the on-deck circle in 2013 while attending Ole Miss, Dante Moncrief, the coast wide receiver, he was investigated by the NCAA for receiving improper benefits after being spotted driving a Dodge Challenger. Carvalho and his older brother, who had two jobs, one being cutting hair for roughly 20 people. The NCAA said 20 haircuts in a month couldn't pay for the car, and Spencer explained that in the African-American community, you get a haircut once a week, not once a month, if not twice a week. Teachable moment. Culture lesson. I pay country more than I pay for my car <laughs> or my mortgage. Remind me you think I, the spade cuts itself? Remind me when I was in college, and uh, this, uh, this white uh, student, she asked me about why black women put grease in their head. It's a real cultural moment. We bonded over that. NCAA, come on, get it together. <laughs> Not in the haircut police. Uh, Simone Biles, she can do it all. Four gold medals in Rio, dancing with the stars, and driving after getting her wisdom teeth out. Ooh. I was nervous. Like, you're not supposed to drive. You no, put you on like Oxy, Percocet yeah, or something? Yeah. <laughs> well, you sounded like the song now. Molly Percocet? Yeah. No, but I, I had my wisdom teeth impact. I got them out as an adult. And obviously, I recently had my tonsils out and was painkillers, man. Like, you're not supposed to drive, but good for her. See, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I'm going through it. Were you were you on the, the Percocet or something there? Yeah, that was going in. That was okay. the. Uh, I just the, had my mouth just real numb out. when I was getting my chipped tooth fixed. When was this? This was last year, last year or the year before. One of those two. All right, let's go hard in the paint real quick. Uh, they're calling him Rad- Rally Pitching. <laughs> Apparently, he did not move once during Brewers Nationals. Maybe chirping at the ump, perhaps? The pigeons chirp? I've never seen a pigeon not move for that long. So walk-up music pigeons, whatever they were doing was working. Again, eight home runs, five in an inning, four straight, and the internet was following Maybe they were just pitching. as uh, entertained by this game as everyone else who was watching it. Uh-huh. They wanted to see all the fireworks. All right, uh, Blue Jays, A's, and you get an ejection, and you get an ejection, and you get an ejection. Blue Jays manager John Gibbons, pitcher Marcus Stroman, and catcher Russell Martin all ejected in the fifth inning. Home plate umpire Will Little must get paid by the ejection. Um, But despite a drama, left fielder Steve Pierce came through with a walk-off grand slam in the 10th as the Blue Jays beat the A's 8-4, complete 
the sweep. More dramatic, the ejections or the walk-off? Always the walk-off. <laughs> oh, the ejections. So many of them. So little time. <laughs> Before we call it a day, tell the people who had a good day. Uh, Lamar Odom. Uh, he had a good day. Uh, wrote a great first-person account for the Players' Tribune uh, about his experience when he was found unconscious in 2015 at a Nevada brothel with cocaine in his system. He's very open, very honest. Talked about basically shaking hands with death. It's well worth your time to read. All right. Teddy Bridgewater. Back on the field, speaking today with the media for the first time since tearing multiple ligaments and dislocating his left knee last August, missed all of last season. Vows that he will play again, takes inspiration from his mother's battle with breast cancer. Uh, we are rooting for you, Teddy Bridgewater, big time to come on back after that devastating injury. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. That's it for the six. Sports Center continues on ESPN News. World Series of Poker is next. Oh, happy 24th birthday, Jordan Spieth. Way to get 24. that in. Golly, that must be nice.